Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Hubbard. Excited to talk about um, core values today from the perspective of senior leadership team and what uh, impact they can have on not only establishing those, but uh, getting them in front of people, championing them. Uh, So John, Melissa, and myself uh, are going to chat about this just a little bit. Uh, But I want to go to John first and just from his position, former executive at Caterpillar, um, what are some of the things that you've seen? Uh, how has it helped to have upper-level management, that SLT group, as, as I said? Um, what, what does it look like for them to be involved, to, to get those core values, define them, and get them out in front of people? Yeah, I think naturally as, as employees, human beings, we're cynical sometimes of the top and the management, and they're not walking the talk. And they tell us they want us to be fantastic. Like, I remember at Caterpillar, we would say, we want to build the best earth-moving machines in the world. And we always said that things like that, like we, the best, the best, the best product. And then people would kind of whisper off in the sidewall, but why aren't we the best place to work then? Or why do we have dysfunction in the workplace if we keep talking about being the best? So I think when, when upper management gets on board and says, we're going to change the way we just do our business throughout the day and and there are behaviors that we're all going to emulate all day long and it starts with us at the top obviously i think that gets people at least starting to get rid of some of that cynicism now the problem is once you say we're going to start behaving like that and you maybe you hang those values up on the wall people now are really watching and they're like well you said teamwork and you said respect but I, i didn't feel respected in that meeting so it does put you a little bit in a state of vulnerability if if you hang them on the wall so to speak those behaviors but obviously when the slt senior leadership team is there talking about it championing every day talking about the soft side so to speak i think it changes things and what I'll say to that is anybody that's listening to this that is in any level of a company, but certainly higher level folks at the VP, CEO level, I know you want to get results. You want high quality work. You want work done on time. You want people to be safe. You want to make money. Whatever whatever those goals are are pretty much the same for every organization. It's the same in sports. Every team wants to win the Super Bowl. All those kind of things. Like the results part is pretty easy. But if we are fully just focused on tasks and focused on technology and focused on machinery and focused on processes, then we should be just nailing all of our goals at every company. And that's rare that companies even come close to hitting their goals on a regular basis. So I think we know there's a missing piece and I think it's culture. And I think it's bringing people along uh, that if they're going to spend 40, 50, 60 hours, that it's an area where they can be at their best. And they obviously there's going to be things that are not in your control last minute customer changes it could be weather related stuff it could be things that yes you can't control but there's a lot of dysfunction in in organizations that is controllable and so i think for the slt to say we're going to try to remove as much of that as possible we're going to hold people accountable to both their performance and their behaviors i think if you're a star employee somebody that is good technically and good behaviorally now you get your hopes up and you think wow if we can really do that we're going to get more done with less dysfunction, less interference. And that's where the SLT has to set the tone. 
But obviously a lot of you that are listening today go, well, that's great, but I'm not a VP or a CEO, so what do we do? And so I'll kind of take it back to Tanner or Melissa to talk about it from that side. And, and I may chime in because most of my career I was not at a high level, so I had to do some things on my own. But what do you, what's your thoughts if you're not at the top? Well, and yeah, and I do think, yeah, most of what we want to talk about in this episode is going to relate to most people aren't at that higher level. But I do know, I just want to get Melissa's input because you've had 25 plus years of HR experience at a lot of different companies that in that role, you either had a direct or a dotted line to CEO, C-suite because of, you know, the HR uh, position. So how have you seen the difference between a group that was on board versus not? I mean, clearly, you, I would assume there's a benefit to having the upper levels pushing the values of the culture. But any, any noticeable differences in those different types of approaches that you saw? Yeah, so from a, like a frontline manager perspective or a supervisor level perspective, the thing that sets those teams apart that are successful in that really really goes to like the relational component of it and kind of knowing your people and getting to know them and you know understanding some of the things that they're challenged with, but also being able to remove those roadblocks for them. Um, the one thing you don't want, want to do is set the tone that I can't do anything. I'm not at that le- level. I can't make an impact. But what you can do is understand some of the issues, elevate those where it's appropriate, but but still be there for them in terms of listening and helping helping them work through it. Because just because you may not have the the button to push to change doesn't mean that you can't still be the encourager for your people in terms of the values, the behaviors, and the performance that you need or want from them. Um, but then the other thing I would say as um, uh, maybe like an entry-level supervisor, first or second year supervisor, is create some camaraderie with other people that feel the same way as you do about that, about the culture and the expectations and the behaviors. Um, because <clears throat> it's a, it's a he- heavy load to carry by yourself. So if you know there's other people in the organization that are being successful or they're having success in the ways that you feel align with your team and what you want to do with your team, then create that camaraderie and have some discussion with them on a regular basis to kind of feed off of each other and get best practices and, and help one another through some of those more difficult conversations or difficult days. Yeah, well, something I heard you both say, and I, I've, I've seen this be true as well, is that sphere of influence, whatever that is, because John alluded to this, most of us aren't at the position that we can just push this down throughout the organization, but we all have a level of influence, no matter what your title is, your position is. And so I do think that's the key component is right understanding what that is first, like who you can impact, um, and then taking it from there and, and doing what you can. Um, I mean, we've had, and John may want to share a little bit about this, just an example. We've had a client who really probably one of our largest, when you talk about number of people that work there, largest clients here in central Arkansas that got started from a very small one department, like one leader and the quality department decided to do some things. It doesn't mean everything's perfect there and is changed overnight there, but over several years, other departments started getting involved. And then finally the general manager's like, Hey, I think this is working. And so sometimes that's actually a better approach. That grassroots approach is actually better than just an executive decision. Like, Hey, we're going to do this now because you know, employees will be cynical and, and say, well, this is just the flavor of the month. Let's just wait this out and we'll be good. Whereas if it's a grassroots, it's a little harder to ignore or I don't know. So what, what's y'all's thoughts? Where have y'all seen that either here from a client perspective um, over the last few years or even in previous experiences? Yeah, I think that's right. I think even when I've gone in to talk to companies about culture and what we can offer to help, 
sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, we should do this for the whole company. And usually I'll say, well, you could, but I would just focus on one area and just, just have some success in that one area. And then all of a sudden it can be replicated because it is to Tanner's point, people get very cynical about we're going to change everything overnight. But when I was at CAT and I was at I was a frontline supervisor, so to speak. I thought I did see dysfunction in different places, but I thought that's not going to happen in my group. We're going to talk about things. We're going to have clear objectives. And we're going to have uh, open conversation back and forth about my what I could do better as their supervisor. And I think that did get noticed by other managers and other higher-level people. And then, then I think they thought, you know what? If, if John can do that at a smaller group, maybe he can do that at a larger group. And so ultimately, that, there was no guarantee that that was going to kind of take off, so to speak. But what I said a minute ago, people want results. And if you get results and people are generally happy at work, people will notice. And, and just one kind of the last things I want to say here, and I've been saying this in our sessions recently, regardless of what level you are, you all are going to have bosses that you don't love and bosses that you may not even respect. But it's still up to you to not let that person change your excellent level of excellence and your behavior. Now, my caveat on that is no employee should ever have to put up with harassment or unethical, illegal behavior. I'm not saying that. But my analogy is this. If you know school just started not too long ago here, and if your kid was a fourth grader and came home and said, wow, my teacher is really grouchy and I don't like her, none of you as parents would say, well, then just don't do your homework then don't do your homework and you be really grouchy back to her. We, you don't have to do what she says. None of you would do that as parents. And, and you also, as parents might go, well, then we're gonna, we, have to move that, we have to move our kid out of that class. And I understand that. And maybe that's, that's an answer at some point. But realize that fourth grader is going to deal with people their whole lives that they don't like. Could be a neighbor, could be a coworker, could be a boss. And I think the message to your kids would be, well, I know she's not your favorite teacher, but you still need to be excellent. So some of you, when you're waiting for the SLT to do, quote, the right thing in terms of your culture, you can get cynical and you can get negative. And I would just guard against that and try to be, be exactly what you want the culture to be at the organization. And at some point, if you go, you know, I've been here 10 years and I don't think they're getting it or whatever time frame it is, then you might have to make a different choice. But don't don't become part of the problem is kind of my point. Melissa, what are some things that you did to do that? You know, not you've not ever been a CEO, right? So what are some things you've done to make that happen that you could, you know, that you could control? Yeah. So, um, I actually sat down with my team. I, I spurred a conversation via email initially just about values of our team internally. And I was like, here's some of the things that I think about in terms of excellence for our team. And what does that look like in terms of the support or the function that we provide to the organization? And then I asked for their input on those things and kind of got some of their ideas and incorporated. And then we all sat down and we had a discussion, a group discussion about it and decided, okay, these are, these are the core values that we're going to operate under. And those, those became like bumper guards, if you will, for our team um, that we held each other accountable to. But it also added some clarity in the like-mindedness of what we expected from one another, not just the service that we provided uh, to the rest of the organization. So, I mean, it was, it was simple. It does take time. Um, it requires some conversations that might be difficult in terms of processes or maybe even behaviors that you've seen from other people on your team. But as leaders, I think we have a different calling to kind of elevate ourselves in 
orchestrating or facilitating some of those more difficult conversations. But it can be done. Um, it doesn't mean you endorse that behavior. Instead, you have to navigate that behavior and redirect people appropriately. So as much as successes are celebrated, accountability also has to be you know, part of that equation, so to speak. No, that, no, I think that all makes sense. And the key takeaways I'm hearing us kind of talk about is you don't, don't give up just because an upper management, upper level is not getting it or not doing it the right way. Like do everything you can do, right? Because that's ultimately on us. All you can control is um, how you behave. And so, yeah, I would always say that you, you doing the right thing should never be in question, right? If, if you doing the right thing puts you at odds with someone else in the organization, we've already mentioned it, I think that's where the, uh, the harder decision may have to, to come. And, and I do think if there's a mission misalignment between your values, your mission that you're trying to live out at work and the organizations or your SLTs, um, I, I do think for the sake of your engagement, the sake of your family and all everything that's so much more important than work, um, I do think you should find yourself somewhere where you can be engaged and you can live out that mission. Um, but realize that that's never what we start with, right? We, like John said it very well, you have to work through some things. And sometimes you do have to, quote unquote, put up with um, somebody who maybe doesn't get it as long as you're not putting up with any of those illegal things. We never condoning that. But sometimes you're just going to have a tough you know, coworker or boss or whatever that you're going to have to work through, see if you can outlast, you know, kill them with kindness kind of a thing. But even if you leave or when you do leave, do it the right way, right? Don't, don't ever leave an organization in a way that makes them think, well, yeah, we're glad they're not here anymore, right? Do it in a way that says, Hey, you know, five years from now, they made a look back and be like, why did we let that person go? Like, I can't believe we missed that. So as much as it relies on you, I think we, we can control what we can control and then, you know, try to bring others along as we can. Um, but any last minute thoughts, John, Melissa, uh, thank y'all for sharing your thoughts here on kind of the, the SLT's involvement and our own involvement in defining and sharing values, but anything else we haven't hit? I think one thing I would say is some, some organizations do employee satisfaction surveys where they can measure employee engagement attitudes. Most, most don't, to be honest. But even, even if you're in a small company, and you see your owner, CEO, VP do something positive towards the culture, please let them know that you notice that. Because I think a lot of upper management people are used to hearing complaints. And we, you know, this isn't good and that's not good. And why didn't we do this? And I want more money and all those kind of things. But if, if you said, you know what, that, that, that this communication thing that we just started every Monday, that is so helpful. And I feel like I know what's going on. It's not about sucking up to upper management, but they need to know that people are noticing things because sometimes it's just very little things that can help. And if they see that and they see people reacting positively, then maybe they, maybe they go on to, well, what's another thing we can do? And especially in today's work, work environment where turnover is high and people are very comfortable changing jobs often. You know, even when I started off in the workplace, if you would have had two jobs in 10 years, somebody would have called you a job hopper. And they would have been, what's, what's wrong with this person? They've, they only worked at that place five years. Well, now people are going to work five months at a place. And I'm not condoning that and saying that's a good thing, but obviously people have more opportunity and they're going to, they can apply for a thousand jobs in 10 minutes on Indeed. So culture does matter more than ever, but, but people are going to, any, any positive movement towards that, people generally should appreciate that and say something about it. 
but it also means the bar is going to be raised. And so I would be careful, SLT members, if you're going to say, yep, we're going to have a great culture here and it's all going to all be about teamwork and respect, are you really living that up? Because once you do that, people are watching. But I'd, but on the other side, I wouldn't not do that. I wouldn't say, well, we're not going to have a set of core values because we'll never be able to live up to it. Because if you don't, then people get pretty cynical about that. They know that you're not serious about culture. You know, one thing I would add to your point, John, about, you know, letting the CEO or any member of the SLT know how things are going or if you saw something positive, you know, even if you're a frontline employee, you don't have to be a supervisor or a manager to do that. If you see something that's going well, don't hesitate to say, I appreciate that email and the clarity that you gave us, or here's how it impacted us in the field. You know, here's some of the things that changed for us based on the action that you took. Um, you may feel like you're you're a nobody or you're a number, depending on how large the organization is, because I know really big companies struggle with that sometimes. But if you're a frontline employee and you're seeing and observing and you're giving that feedback appropriately, I think that says something about the ear that you have relative to the culture and relative to the change, positive change that's trying to occur in an organization. Yeah, and it's it's always little things. Just as I wrap this up, just we think obviously we have to pay market-based wages and benefits and all that stuff is fantastic but you know when I would just walk through the shop floor every day and then like when I would leave facilities people go I'm, I'm going to miss that I, I, I love that you came out here and talked to us and that you saw some of our struggles or you knew that my kid played football and, that, and that's not patting myself on the back that's just saying the bar is pretty low people just want to be recognized and they want to know that they matter and there, people know there is no perfect workplace. And, and if you think there is one, please email us so we know where that is. But there isn't one, but it's those little things that will get people through the tough times. And I think a lot of CEO SLT members are, again, they're all so focused on results, they're missing that relational part. So that's kind of the message, I think, is that uh, regardless of the level you are, do the right thing. Um, and, and I think... It, the last thing I'll say is like you've got new people joining your organization all the time. They will come in engaged and positive. Of course, they should. They just started. Well, the last thing you want to do to those people, they've been there a week and go, yeah, this place sucks and this is a problem and this is, I can't believe you joined us. And don't do that to people. Don't poison them when they're, because if we just keep bringing in an influx of positive people, then that will change the culture faster than the CEO will change it, to be honest. So I think we got to be careful not to, to, to poison those folks, so to speak, as they come in and get them on the wrong side of things in their first week, month, six months. That's good. Well, thank you both, uh, John, Melissa. Thank you all for sharing your thoughts here. Um, I hope our listeners found this episode helpful. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. And until next time, uh, this is the John Harrison team, and we look forward to having you back uh, for another episode. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.